Hello everyone, it's Bill Thompson, T-Bill, and welcome to Plain Market Talk, where I will provide a straightforward interpretation and analysis of current market news based on my background as a retired Wall Street stockbroker with almost 50 years of experience. And I will also provide business lessons to help you become much more successful with your personal finance, trading, and investments. So let's get started. Hey everyone, it's Bill Thompson, T-Bill. Welcome to Plain Market Talk. Today is Thursday, March 17, 2022. Okay, it's 2.15 in the afternoon right now. Uh, markets are actually up uh, as of right now, for third day in a row. We got the uh, Dow Jones Industrial Average up 0.8%. S&P 500 uh, also up 0.8%. And NASDAQ Composite up 0.9%. You know, I've talked about on previous sessions, the one thing the market does not like more than anything is uncertainty. Uh, it'll take, it'll adjust itself and take good news, uh, bad news, whatever it does adjust. And we, we've seen a situation like that over the last few weeks. The market's actually adjusting to this horrible war going on in Ukraine uh, and, and is starting to make adjustments. So we're beginning to see it begin to recover from some of the losses. So anyway, I want to talk about uh, today, I want to talk about a few things uh, related to the war. Um, we have a possibility uh, today, actually, of Russia uh, being the first major country to default on its debt in over 100 years. So we'll see uh, what's going on there. There's just some news coming in just the last few minutes. Uh, so we have that. We'll talk about that. Uh, also want to talk about uh, China, chi what China's been doing lately uh, in relation to uh, its relationship towards Russia. So we'll uh, talk about some situations going on there. We'll look at oil prices. Um, Talk about what would happen also if Russia was to default on its debt today. Uh, and we'll also um, talk about a situation in Russia that the um, social media technology companies are kind of caught in a bind. So we'll see what's going on there, as well as uh, some market news uh, going on also. Okay, so Russia, countries borrow just like individuals. Uh, they usually do it through what are you know, called bonds. Uh, and they have to make periodic payments on their debt, you know, principal and interest. And today, Russia has $177 million due today. I think it's on two, what are they called, euro bonds. Uh, but anyway, uh, Russia has the money to, to make those payments, except it's all locked up due to the sanctions. So then there's the question of, are they going to be able to make the payments? If they miss this payment, they would technically go into default. Actually, they have 30 days before they'd be officially declared to be in default. But as far as financial markets are concerned, they, they would be in default uh, as of today. All right, so here's what happens with bonds. I'm going to talk about bonds in more detail in, another, in some more upcoming sessions. Bonds have ratings, and there's different rating services out there. We have Moody, Standard & Poor's, and Fitch. Those are three of the big ones. And they use a little bit different terminology, but AAA ratings like the Absolute Best, AA, Single A, and so forth. Well, Russia has now been downgraded all the way to what is called junk status, J-U-N-K, which is like the lowest possible status you can have without be actually being in default. It's like an individual having a really bad credit rating. So uh, basically what, what would happen um, if Russia were to default on its debt today, 
this is something that's going to have implications for years for them, if not more than a decade. Uh, e- even if the war ended tomorrow uh, and Russia says, well, we'll draw our troops, pay, you know, pay for damages, the discredit uh, hit they would take, it, it would stay on their record for years. It's almost like a bank, personal bankruptcy st- stays on an individual's records for years and years. So what would happen going forward uh, regardless of what happens in Ukraine, Russia would have a very difficult time getting debt to finance everything from roads to you know, any kind of infrastructure to what modernization of industries. Uh, and any debt they could get would be at extremely high interest rates. So this could be a really, really uh, uh, significant factor if it happens today. Uh, Russia has defaulted on its debt before uh, one other time that I'm aware of, 1917, when the uh, Russian Revolution happened. But anyway, all right, so this $177 million is due today. Now, Russia states, they've been stating just a few minutes ago that they are able to make the payment. Uh, They do have some money in reserves. They said they can make the payment. The United States Treasury has announced that they will allow the payment to go through. Uh, However, those on the receiving end are stating they have not yet received the money. And it's getting pretty late in the day over there in Europe and in Russia. So we'll have to see what happens there. We'll see what goes on there. But that, that's what you're hearing about with the, uh, the debt and the default. All right, so we got that news. Uh, what else do we have today? I saw an article that says why Russian people need tech companies to stay, not withdraw. Um, yeah, that, that's a situation that some of these tech companies are caught in right now. Basically, you know, Facebook, Twitter, and some of the others. You know, and so on one sense, do they just say they're going to stay and then possibly become propaganda tools for, you know, the Russian government, as well as, you know, possibly being accused, well, you didn't, you know, participate in the sanctions like everybody else. But then the problem is if they pull out, they're also a source of free information uh, for the Russian people. Uh, even with all the blocks the government tries to put in place, the Russian people figure out ways to get around it. So they're caught kind of in a, in, in a tough situation right now. You know, do they pull out? And at that point, the feeling is if they pull out, then the Russian people would be just given a lot of misinformation. But if they stay... They could be accused of, you know, uh, not willing to participate in the sanctions. So it, it's it's a tough situation for them, uh, and they're trying to create a balancing act as they do anyway. You know, with wanting people to be able to speak freely just anywhere versus false information that goes out. So anyway, that's um, something to keep an eye on. There, it's becoming somewhat more uh, of an issue. All right. So what else we got going on here? Federal Reserve raised interest rates a quarter of a percent yesterday. That was fully expected by the markets. The anticipation a while back is that it might have been a half a percent increase. Uh, it was only a quarter percent uh, because of a lot of the economic uncertainty. All right, so in a nutshell, I've talked about this numerous times. Federal Reserve Central Bank of the United States answers to Congress, uh, told by Congress to do three things, keep the U.S. economy growing, make sure people that want a job have one uh, at the level they're trained for, commensurate pay, and keep inflation under control. Problem is the first two go opposite of the third. So very quickly, when the Federal Reserve is looking to grow the economy and provide jobs, it, it will tend to lower interest rates and increase the amount of money in circulation. Banks have more to uh, lend. 70% of the U.S. economy is consumer spending. 
So if it's that easy, why doesn't the Fed, as it's called, just do that all the time? Well, if it does it for too long, it starts bringing back inflation. Inflation, continuous rise in prices. And inflation creates all kinds of long-term issues with an economy, as I've talked about in previous sessions. Uh, in, individuals don't want to invest anymore. Like, what's my money going to be worth in the future? Businesses don't want to invest. Same thing. You know, what's, what's the money going to be worth in the future? Banks start charging higher interest rates to you know cover expected inflation. All of a sudden, big ticket items like homes and automobiles cost a lot more money. It causes all kinds of issues. So when the Federal Reserve's main focus is on battling inflation, it begins raising interest rates and decreasing the money supply. So now the Fed's focus has begun. You know, as we've come out of the economic shutdown with COVID, we've had higher than. In expected inflation. We've had higher inflation than we've had in almost 40 years over the last few months. You know, some of it is probably related to a sudden reopening of the U.S. economy. Companies are still short on workers, having to pay time and a half overtime to their existing workers or, high, or raise wages to attract new workers. And for many companies, labor is their biggest expense. They pass it on in higher prices. So some of it, you know, maybe some temporary things with the shipping shortages and everything. Other parts of it, maybe more long-term. So the Federal Reserve had indicated they're probably going to raise interest rates at least three times this year and three times in 2023, six rate increases. Uh, anticipated probably a quarter of a percent at a time. Uh, which would obviously, you know, with six, um, talking one and a half percent uh, total interest uh, increase, but it could be higher, it could be half a percent. Probably don't see more than that happening at a time, although it could. Uh, so we're keeping an eye on that. But anyway, had that quarter percent increase yesterday. That will work its way in now to higher mortgage rates, car loans, st uh, student loan rates too, I believe, uh, and so forth. Um, but market uh, had already anticipated that, so... Uh, took that one in stride. All right, what else we got going on today? Uh, Impossible Foods. Uh, they have a new CEO. They got him. They got him from the, that uh, yogurt company, Chobani. Uh, I guess Chobani was going to go public, uh, public stock offering, and with the markets being shaky lately, they fell back on it. Yeah, these uh, Impossible Foods and the other one, Beyond Meat. These are two companies to keep an eye on because, you know, it's basically it's the fake meat. And, uh, you know, how well are they going to do? I have to admit, I've never had either of their products. Uh, but, you know, during the shutdown, I guess meat prices went way up and it was, um, you know, kind of hard to get meat in some cases, too, with the shipping issues. So what happened is um, you saw a huge increase uh, in sales um, with these fake meats. And then as things have begun to settle down, some of their sales are going back down again. So we'll have to see. Uh, Impossible Foods, however, is a private company. Uh, although I wouldn't be surprised to see them go public eventually. But Beyond Meat, uh, up 6% today, actually. Uh, if you That is a publicly traded stock. So you could invest in that one. Simple as uh, BYND. Boy, yellow, Nancy, David. So uh, keep an eye on that. All right, so last thing today, let's talk about China. Uh, China is Russia's largest trading partner, uh, you know, before the Ukraine situation. Although Russia is by no means China's largest trading partner. Uh, Russia uh, only accounts for 2% of China's foreign trade. All right, 
So what China's looking at is a balancing act. You know, basically they look at Russia as a long-term ally, you know, uh, against uh, economically, if nothing else, against the Western powers and so forth, Europe, United States, Japan, and so forth. But ultimately, China is basically looking out for China. And, you know, basically, how much do we maintain a relationship with Russia as opposed to being hit with sanctions ourselves by the United States and Western powers? Uh, as I said the other day, it probably wouldn't even be a case of having to do sanctions. Uh, we could just raise tariffs, which are taxes on Chinese items as they enter the United States. Right now, most of them come in with only a 2% tax, and about half of them come in with no tax at all. Uh, so all we got to do is start uh, raising rates. So China is, is basically, what China's been doing, you know, it's publicly, it's the governments a lot of times say one thing and privately do another. And so China has actually publicly been saying, you know, well, we're, we don't believe in the sanctions and all that. And in reality, they're starting to uh, put a few things in place themselves quietly. So here are four things I was reading that China is actually doing right now. Uh, they're letting the ruble continue to drop. The ruble is continuing to lose its value. And uh, by the way, Russia threatened to uh, start paying its foreign debts uh, with rubles and uh, other countries and banks said we would consider that to be a default. They want these payments in U.S. dollars. Uh, so that's what Russia owes today, 177 million U.S. dollars they have to pay on those loans. But anyway, uh, China has some ability with the yuan to their currency to prop up the Russian ruble and they've not been taking any action at all. So the Russian ruble continues to lose its value. Also, apparently Russia, I was reading here, they've got $90 billion uh, in reserves um, they hold in yuans, I guess. I don't know if it's in China, where it is. Uh, China's not apparently giving them easy access to that, so that's another thing China's doing. Uh, I guess China supplies Russia with aircraft parts for airplanes and uh, you know, big airliners, and I guess they are holding them back, saying there's technical issues. It's their, I think, word they use, technical issues with delivery. So they are not sending those over. And they also had uh, were providing Russia with money for infrastructure development, new roads, bridges, and so forth. Uh, and they've been holding back on that. So I think China, you know, is uh, China doesn't want to be on the losing side. That, that's basically it. You know, in 1944, 1945, there were some countries allied with, with Nazi Germany in the war against Russia. Three of them I can think of off the top of my head, Finland, uh, Bulgaria, and Hungary. Uh, they believe me, they were no fans of Germany, but they had a hatred for Russia. Uh, and so they had allied themselves with Germany against Russia. And what happened as it was becoming obvious Germany was going to lose this war, they, they quickly began to extradite themselves from that situation. Uh, and I, I think that's a similar situation with China. You know, I won't be attached too much to the losing side, but they also want to look at a decades-long relationship going forward with Russia. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. All right, so we're going to wrap it up for today. Again, Bill Thompson, T-Bill. Hope everyone's doing well. Talk to you again soon. Take care. See ya. Thank you.